Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast, formerly known as Reimagining Roswell. Here on PureFandom.com, I am Liz Prue, joined by my co-host, Meg Bonnie. Hello. And like we did last week, we are going to break down the details of the episode. We're going to do a brief overview for those of you that forgot um, what happened 24 hours ago. And then we're going to dive into all the juiciness because, like, for real, I'm loving the show. And I don't know if it's because these people are actually our age or not. And you know how I feel about turquoise, but I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> turquoise caves at sunrise. Like, yes. what? Okay. So should we break down the episode, a little recap? Yeah, why don't you do a little recap, and then we can dive in. Yeah, I feel like everyone's brains have been blinded by like those last couple scenes so there's a lot to unpack so this episode takes place on the 10-year anniversary of rosa's death and liz is still really struggling to understand why rosa did what she did and the town is still really pissed at the family also she tells max that she wants to kiss him at sunrise which hashtag swoon at the turquoise caves as we mentioned and Dr. Kyle, which is officially all I can ever call him now, Dr. Kyle is still being recruited by Mainz to join the anti-alien squad, the secret government organization. And he tells him that Kyle's ancestors were at the crash site, and he shows him pictures with, you know, burnt up bodies with handprints. So the handprint theme is kind of still happening. But Kyle still won't break his very official doctor code patient confidentiality, which I actually really like that about his character. Max and his partner, Jenna, who is, I didn't finish all of OG, but that is one of the, the characters from Originals, and we'll talk more about her in a minute, and they're working on that shooting case from the first episode, and they confront this guy that they realized was at the scene. His name is Wyatt Long. He's a big old racist douchebag because they think it's him that shot Liz, and his sister was one of the girls that died the night that Rosa died, so kind of makes sense that he would be retaliating against the family. Isabel and Michael are still super pissed that Max told Liz the truth. So they go to the diner to like flex their alien muscles at her, which is like hilarious and awesome. And Max shows up per usual because if there's a Liz, there's a Max and he's always kind of lurking around the corner and he punches Michael. And so his sister knows like something's off with him. He's acting super weird and he's very unhinged and he nearly chokes out that super douchebag, which he deserves Wyatt Long after he catches him beating up Liz's dad, but like dark side, like almost snaps. So luckily his sister and brother are there to kind of pull him back and pull him back from the dark side. And meanwhile, uh, Liz asks him, asks, asks Max to show her some of the good memories of her sister because she's still trying to heal from that. because so all of that is still going on while Max is spiraling out of control. And she shows her, um, Max shows Liz some of the memories of Rosa and, you know, cute stuff, sister stuff, but it kind of unlocks a mystery. And with her best friend's help, there's writing on her sister's hand and she realizes that it's from the night that she died. So setting that aside, she goes back to Kyle, who has somehow scammed Rosa's real autopsy from the government guys, and they realized there were handprints on Rosa's body as well. So put that aside, because we got to talk about 
Michael and Alex for a quick second. So they have a super steamy hookup. They kind of are realizing their feelings are still there. That's a whole big thing. Liz and Max meet for their planned makeout session, but this is after Liz uncovers everything about Rose's death and the you know little mysteries building there. She says, sorry, boo, don't want to kiss you anymore, but let's hang out because she's really going to try to suck some information out of him. Max feels all you know rejected and hurt, and he's still got all of his drama going on, so he goes and hooks up with his partner. And Liz goes back to Rose's grave, which is where the episode started. And she like basically declares war on the aliens and she's going to uncover the truth like a boss. End scene. End scene. Um, I would also like to add that I don't just love the turquoise caves. I love the turquoise jewelry. Um, so that's just a really important note. I just wanted to make sure we talked <laughs> Thanks, about it. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and I just, oh, you guys, okay. So I think that what I love about, first of all, that bish still wants to kiss him. Let's um, just make that very clear. But um, clearly she's putting her sister's um, murder mystery first, which like is totally respectable. Um, but also I think I like that the show is, I mean, clearly Liz and Max have chemistry. I'm into it. I love it. And I love that they're not rushing it and making the show about that. Like this is, and I think this is where the whole, like their um, more mature adults aspect comes in because they're not really putting their like sexual feelings first. They're putting family first. And so that brings a whole other layer of, I guess like a whole other layer of morality to each character. Um, it makes us get connected to the show, not just for the relationships, which I love. Um, and that's a lot of what originals did, which I know I've compared the show to originals before. Of course, the Vampire Diaries spinoff on the CW that sunsetted last year. And it's because those audiences are older. You know, we're dealing with um, people in their, 30s and with the originals we were dealing with people that were a thousand but you get what I mean so I, I like that they're they're focusing um they're focusing more on that versus when are Liz and Max gonna hook up which is still super important but yes I totally agree and totally. I also, <laughs> yeah but we like need that to happen but I really liked kind of building on what you said with um them taking it slow and like not jumping into what we would expect in most shows we would expect Liz to find out like okay this guy that I'm crushing on that I want to make out with also is probably somehow involved or like adjacent to this issue with my sister and how she died and, and the murder and all of that so instead of like running and being like f you dude getting all emotional and like exploding on him she's like gonna slow burn it and just squeeze all of like the alien information she can out of him and it's so smart and it, I really like that her character isn't just driven by straight emotion she's like okay I'm gonna play this dude because I know he likes me and I'm gonna get all the information I can to solve this and she's like so calculated about it and you can like see it in her eyes that shift I don't know I love I love how they handled that Agreed. She's definitely not a damsel in distress. 
And I like that they're showing that side of her more. Like she's not looking for love. She's just trying to do her. And she clearly puts her family before freaking anything. So we've already, we're now seeing that defined loyalty that she has to people. So I'm curious to see who else she gets close to in the show that she's loyal to like that, because I'm sure they'll, you know, I mean, who knows, maybe like her and Isabel become super tight in season two or, you know, I love when shit like that develops, like unexpected friendships and loyalties. And I know, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I couldn't help but think while I love the fact that Liz and Max are taking, or the writers are taking Liz and Max slow. I love the fact and appreciate the fact that we did not need that with, um, oh my God, I just want to call Michael Vlamis. It's Michael. It's Michael. He's still Michael. Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael and Alex, like, I'm not kidding. Maybe this is pregnancy hormones. I like teared up when Michael was saying, or when Alex was saying, and when you look away, and Michael was like, I never look away. And I was like, what the fuck? I know. Oh, my God. So. Oh, it is so many feels. I'm like, this couple, like, this is literally all I want are more scenes of them. When I want those scenes where it's like sexual angst, love, those types of feels, all I want are Michael and Alex. It's so amazing that like yearning and knowing that there's so much that happened back then because you can see it with them now and then getting to fill in all of those gaps is just I cannot freaking wait and also like as you know Liz and maybe our listeners remember this from earlier podcasts I dated my now husband when we were teenagers and then we had like a 10-year split well watching that show I was like holy shit I have never seen anything like notebook aside because hello I've never seen anything (laughs) kind of capture that feeling and that essence of that sort of getting back together and like feeling like nothing has changed even though everything has changed and that line where he says every time you look at me I'm 17 like that's some shit that went down in my life and I'm sure many other people watching this show and just that like Anytime you go back, you go back home again and you see like that crush or that guy or that girl and they can just like reduce you to your most emo self. (laughs) Like I love that whole scene and everything about that yearning look that he gives him. And then he's like, well, I never looked away. And Michael comes off as so hard in every other scene, but he's just like a pile of cowboy alien mush around Alex. And I love it. Wonderful. Their chemistry is incredible. Like, it's just, it's so good. And I don't mean this as a knock to Riley Vocal, who plays Cameron, um, the amazing cop who's from the originals. But her, and I, and I know they're not supposed to be, like, betrothed or whatever anyways, but Cameron and Max don't have chemistry in that way. Like, their friendship chemistry had more sparks than the romantic chemistry. And I know that's intentional, but just to see the two, especially because they were doing, you know, cutbacks between each scene, they're like, oh my gosh, Michael Vlamis and Tyler Blackburn, their chemistry is so awesome. Yes, absolutely. And you can see, you could see it on Max's face too. He wasn't 
I mean, obviously they're actors, but he was you know, still <laughs> yeah. thinking of Liz and all that jazz. But like, I kind of, and I feel really bad because same boat. Like I really liked, and I think her full name was Jenna, Jenna Cameron. That's, I think I called her Jenna in our little recap. Oh yeah. She's um, like agent. Cause they go by, cause don't cops go by their last names or something. Yes. Okay. Look so at Evan me learning. Cameron. <laughs> the more, you know, uh-huh. Cowboys and aliens. So like I, every time they cut to them, I was like, no, fuck them. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, go back to the trailer, go back to the airstream. I want to see them because it was just like, and like hot as fuck. Like I know CW gets a little racy sometimes, but I feel like from, I don't know, maybe I've just been watching too much fucking Riverdale, but <laughs> it, like that scene with like, they show him like unbuttoning his pants. I was like, Oh my God. Oh, gonna show some stuff. it was so good. And then he's like grabbing his hair. I mean, I did watch it twice last night for science, but it was, it's just like <laughs> passion. And I guess like that whole thing with Max and his partner, like, let's just blow off some steam, casual sex. Like you felt the casual in it, even though like that was hot too. But girlfriend had her socks on. Like that's not steamy passion. That's like, nah, let's just do some sex. We'll do the sex. And then over here, it's like, the fucking desert is exploding because of their passion. Just like, wow. But to the writer's credit, I that was all intentional too, which I yeah. think was great. And 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 maybe it was um, maybe having them going on, going on, getting it on at the same time was intentional just to compare and show like this is what a, a passionate relationship looks like in the show and we're using the side-by-side comparison to convey that clearly Max and Cameron, Jenna Cameron are just hooking up, which we knew that. Um, Mm -hmm. But we also wanted to use that to intensify even more this amazing chemistry between Alex and Michael. Absolutely. And like, I honestly, we could talk about this for like four hours, but I also wanted to talk about not to skip away from the, the lovemaking, but the the music in this episode. So while like everyone's boning, which I'm really sad that Isabel didn't get in on this because I feel like that's her thing. She's very sexually comfortable in this show already and I love it. Mm-hmm. But the Third Eye Blind song, while all of this is happening, and that was the the lyric from Rose's Hand, I believe was that song, the song that was playing. Yes. Um, it just like tied everything together. And then like when they're in the bar and they're doing the cover of how's it going to be, I was like freaking the fuck out, like nineties kids, but it was so well-placed and that just like the tone and those angsty songs and, you know, they're all pulled from our angstiest days. So a little special place in our hearts. I love it. Oh yeah. That, that album was, I had that. Oh my God. My parents hated that album. I had that shit on repeat, like over and over and over again. And all the like stoner kids at school had it playing. Like it was the freaking best. Yeah. I think semi-charmed life was one of our podcast picks when we did the 90s songs before the show even aired. Yeah. It was just like a bop about doing some drugs. Do, 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 do. But I love, and I think I text you about this because we are nerds, even when we're not podcasting folks, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. about the, all of the episodes being 90s songs. 
like all the titles. So this one was called So Much for the Afterglow, which is an Everclear. I think it's the album, but it's also a song. And I love that. I'm excited. And it's, if you guys don't follow the showrunner, Karina McKenzie, she posted on her Instagram that um, she's, if you're a writer, she's really fun to follow because she'll post relatable tips and tricks for just different exercises and ways to get your brain moving and stay inspired. And she said that she can write an episode in two days, but the first day she spends making her playlist and cleaning her house. And then she uses that musical inspiration to write the episode. Which is awesome. It's awome. And you, Meg, who, shameless plug, if you're looking for a YA fantasy series trilogy, tune into Everly by Meg Bonney, award-winning young adult novel. Um, You're that, that, that's one of your methods as a writer as well. Your playlists are like everything. Yep. I just, that's the only way you can get back into those characters sometimes is with music. I know a lot of writers who music is their main driver and it's so cool to see her process and how she tweets about it Mm -hmm. and kind of shares behind the scenes. I think that's really cool. hundred percent. I, when I first started recapping way back in the day when true blood and vampire diaries was on, um, True Blood did the same thing. They named their episodes song titles, and then the last song of the episode would be that episode title. Did I say that right? They yeah. Play that song at the end of the episode. Um, and I would use that method when I was like, okay, I'm going to recap, or if I was working on, you know, how writers have like a million projects they're working on. Any project, writing project I'm working on, something. Music serves as a great source of inspiration because. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to get into the mood sometimes, especially now that we have kids. It's like, okay, I have to put Val to bed and then I have to put myself into that space where that chick's dad was just murdered by that knight and then that dragon came and stuff. Like, it's very hard to get in that mode without some sort of mood setting. So it's, it's if you guys are watching the episode next, you, you know, focus more on the music too and see if it intensifies your feelings as you're watching the episode yes and then tweet us all of the songs that you you picked out because there were some that I didn't even catch the first time around when I went back and rewatched it that's when I noticed more of the covers in the background and someone had tweeted me that one of the covers was actually a song that was in like a really powerful scene from the original Roswell show so I thought that was kind of a cool like homage to the OG very nice Uh, very interesting little tidbit on Twitter. So yeah, I always share that stuff with us. We love that stuff. Okay. So going back to the show, I want to talk about Rosa's murder and Mm -hmm. any like theories you might have. So obviously the hand thing is a continuing indicator that aliens are involved and Maine's knows about it. So do you think that Rosa was killed in some sort of accident and Max happened to be there or and I think someone tweeted me this too, is one of my theories as well, that when Michael's talking about how he lives at the crash site because that's the last time he saw his family, do we think there are more aliens and that they somehow had something to do with Rose's death and Max and the siblings, they just helped cover it up? What I think, think so latter because it would be cool to introduce more aliens and that'll be an opportunity um, to really develop Isabel and Michael in terms of their loyalty to like 
themselves and their quote unquote kind. And, um, well, I guess I'll say quote unquote their race because they're, I really like how the show is, is making it more of, they're not just like, they're using the term alien as something we can relate to today, you know, like immigrants and all those, those sort of topics. So I think that introducing other aliens would be awesome. And maybe, maybe, um, Max, you know, this is like another layer of secrets, but maybe Max, um, took the fault for Rose's death somehow. Like what if he, this is me like coming up with a completely ridiculously detailed scenario, but whatever. What if Rosa had an accident, whatever, and Max was there, he helped cover it up and there were other aliens there other aliens left and he didn't want to put isabel and michael in danger and telling them about these other aliens would put them in danger so he just had them help cover up rose's death with them thinking that max was a part of it and so when all this shit unravels max will be like oh yeah yo there were these other aliens blah 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 blah. that'll get isabel and michael pissed off even more but It'll also show them that he was just trying to protect them. Like, there's a whole mess of drama that could happen. Ooh, I like that. Because in the pilot, he says, everything I've done is to protect Isabel and you. So maybe yes. that would be a little yeah. hint. Like, I've done some shiz you all don't even know about. Yes, queen. And I feel like Michael will be pissed because he's always felt like he got left behind from both ends. Like, left behind from if there's, like, other potential aliens out there. Mm-hmm. And his siblings who got adopted, which, like, that shit still, like, breaks my heart. Yeah, Michael. Oh, my God, right? Like, who are Mr. and Mrs. Evans? And yeah, fuck them. Fuck you, Mr. and Mrs. Evans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch asses can, like, have one more kid. Yeah, screw you. Um, I just think that, I think that would be awesome. And the whole Rose's, like, it's not going to be just about Rose's murder. It'll be about all the factors surrounding it. Right. And maybe Rosa, like maybe Rosa was into, maybe there was another alien and Rosa was into him. And maybe that's how she got into drugs. And it wasn't that she was on drugs. Maybe she got like hooked on some sort of like alien voodoo stuff and drugs were the only way for her to have that sensation again. And so, you know, I don't know. I I just feel like she's connected to the aliens I don't think it was a coincidence, like an, an unfortunate coincidence that the aliens are somehow involved in her death. I think she was involved with them somehow. I like that. And then everything went awry. Yeah. And I hope that at some point, like Rose's memory gets like exonerated and maybe she was actually trying to save these girls with Max and it was like the alien family and the only way to cover it up was to blame Rosa to the public. You know, I think that it would be nice to have her memory kind of fixed a little bit because mm-hmm. everyone hates her and everyone hates the the whole family. And I think it would be nice to have a little, I don't know, redemption for her post death redemption. Totally. Totally. Post-death. I made that sound really cool, but that was a really dumb way to phrase it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it, girl. We're spewing up and rambling. Um, 
So, like, overall, I th- again, I thought it was a great episode. They're keeping the momentum going. I loved Riley Vocal in it, even though we were kind of harping on our chemistry with Max. We know that it was intentionally not supposed to be sparktastic. If any of you watch the originals, her relationship on the originals with her wife. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. Oh, you haven't watched it yet. Oh, my God, that makes me want to watch it so much more. Shite. I'm sorry I spoiled it, but... Their, okay. Her chemistry with her wife on the show is like incredible. So we know that she has sparks on screen, but she's not supposed to have sparks with Max because that fire is being saved to be lit by Leah's or Taco. Um, yes. But, I, oh, I but you know, I did like, did you notice like how much more Max just smiles and he's kind of got such a carefree attitude with her? I did like that. Like, they, their friendship, like you said before, like their chemistry with their friendship is really strong. And I, he was just like so much more chill with her. And that That's was kind cute. of nice. Also, I love that like in his flashbacks, he looks like a little, I don't know, 17-year-old. I don't know how they managed to make the ruggedly handsome garbage guy, which that should be our band name, by the way, um, make <laughs> him look so young and like fresh. So cute. Not that he, like, doesn't look fresh. That sounded so mean. Sorry. Sorry, Nathan. He gets it, Nathan Carson. Um, I'm I'm in it. I'm super excited. Like you said, there's all these extra layers that this mystery could have. And knowing the writers and, like, seeing their past work, I feel like it's not going to be like, oh, he accidentally killed her and slapped a hand on her face. You know, like, I think there's going to be so much more. And I'm really excited to see how it goes down. I'm into it. I'm into more, I'm into more lore, um, of the aliens. I'm all about that mythology. Like why are they drinking nail polish remover? Shit like that. Um, I'm into it. Uh, Roswell, New Mexico premieres or not premieres airs. Cause it's already premiered Tuesdays at 9 PM Eastern on other CW network. You can catch our recaps, uh, usually the day after. Make sure you tune into our podcast. Listen to our earlier podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes because we dive into some of the fun book lore that could trickle into the series. Um, if you don't recall, these were books in the 90s. So that's where the, the main storyline came from. And um, we also talk about like the cool UFO stuff. So if you want to catch up on all that fun stuff, make sure you tune in. We also have other amazing podcasts on Pure Fandom. If you love the sci-fi network, Brad and Court Talk is, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, it's our number one podcast because they've been podcasting for like seven years and they probably have literally over 500 podcasts that they've done. Mm-hmm. They're incredible. Uh, make sure you check them out. And my husband and I have a Game of Thrones podcast. If you are a super nerd and you like learning about stuff that they don't even dive into on the show, um, you can tune into that because it's really fun. And of course, we are Space Cowboys. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, y'all. Uh, check out purefandom.com for all the latest and greatest news. If you want to write for us, Email Meg at Pure Fandom or Liz at Pure Fandom, and we'll take a look at your at your shiz. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody.